millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey everybody, press pause, 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 pause and go to iTunes and leave a review for Trust and Believe that is with a please because, you know, I'm really on a path to really try and help people trust and believe in who they are and it all stemmed from my own personal struggles. So, go leave a review, tell your friends, you know, maybe it's not something you need to listen to every day, but every week. So please leave a review. Let's get the word out about Trust and Believe so people can trust and believe in who they are. And now, Shanti's Trust and Believe. But I would go up to them and be like, where do you, where do you want to fit into my life? Because, yes. yes, I mean, and it's not like in a bad way, like you don't need to go and be like, you know, aggressive. It's just like, you know, this is, this. you know, when I was overweight, you told me I was overweight and I knew I was overweight. So, you know, tell me something I don't know, but thank you. And then I lost the weight and I'm eating healthy and now you tell me I'm too skinny. So you're clearly not happy for me when I'm actually happy. So where do you fit in to my life? And we're back in five, four, Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, 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 ladies and
Are you multicultural? Do you invite different types of people into your household, whether or not you study how they study or think how they think? Because I like to know what people are thinking, especially if they don't think the way that I do, because not only does it not make you think you're right all the time, but what it does is it teaches you a lot. When I was growing up and I got into fitness, I took everything I learned from being an athlete to being in college to gaining my own weight and the struggles that I had. And I had to look at all of that. And that's what shaped who I am. Simultaneously, I grew up as a Christian. I grew up in a Christian household. My grandfather was a Christian. We went to church, I don't know how many times a week. Most of the time, I was rolling my eyes because I didn't feel like I should be forced to be in the pew. But I learned. I went to Sunday school. I went to Christian camps. I even joined youth groups of my own. I was in gospel choir. But that doesn't mean that's the only thing that's out there. And that doesn't mean that's the only thing that I need to believe. Now, that's just me. You can agree or we can agree to disagree. Anyway, today I have an amazing guest on my show. Her name is Rabia Chaudhry. She is one of the hosts of the most famous podcast, Undisclosed. And she's an author, a writer, a lawyer. She is just a wonderful person. And not too long ago, Scott and I had a chance to go to her house and to see what it was like to live the Muslim lifestyle, to ask questions, to break bread, and really get the full scope. And what was amazing about this experience, well, you know what, at the end, you'll know what's amazing about this experience. But more importantly, stepping outside of your comfort zone is the one thing that's going to make you a better person. Whether you agree or disagree with somebody, there's always more to learn. So, like I always say, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. You know, I am, I want to say first, like, I really look up to you. I follow you on all your social media channels, mostly Twitter, because I like that quick and to the point, and you have a really good way of getting quick and to the point. Oh, thanks. I look at you as just a very, very strong Individual, I'm not even going to make it like a sexist kind of thing, like with male or female. You're just like a really strong person. And you're one person that, you know, my podcast is about trust and believe. And you're one person that I truly believe that trust and believe in what you're saying. And you're like 100%, 100% wholeheartedly, you know, connected to, to what you believe in. And, you know, this past weekend's events, I mean, it hit me to the core. Yeah. Can I ask you, you, did you know anybody like who was hurt in this? I didn't. Any family or friends? I didn't. I don't know anyone in uh, Orlando. Uh, I don't know anyone who lives there. So for me, okay. it wasn't necessarily a tight connection. It was more of, right. you know, just like in general, like for, for gay people, be it lesbian or transgender or whatever, you know, it's kind of like a fraternity. You kind of just, you're connected because you, every, all of us had similar struggles. You know, some people were accepted by their family. Some people weren't. Some people, right. you know, weren't, ex- you know. So it's a very strange kind of connection we have. And so when yeah. some t- sort of something like that happens where it's hatred toward, like, it's almost like you hatred toward your people. Like, people hate Muslim people. And it's like, why? 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 
You know, right. that's the part. It's so crazy. Well, you know, I just, I wanted, you had reached out to me and I, uh, I think it was the day it happened, the day after it happened. And, um, and I, I, and I was really shocked, not that you reached out to me, but you reached out to me because, because you were worried about the fact that you were seeing a lot of hate towards Muslims in response. And that really, I mean, you are, you are a tremendous tremendous human being Shauna and your spirit is so generous that in a time like this when your community has been people you consider your community your people people you love and understand have been gunned down that you're thinking about somebody else right I mean that's really what you did um and I immediately was like yeah I want to have I want to I want to have a conversation about this there's so many things you know I and the only reason I asked you whether you you knew anybody was because you know like I I mean I have like I've been doing a lot of advocacy on Muslim issues and other kinds of racism and other things like that. And so I do have connections in different parts of the country. Um, but, you know, Sandy Hook, when Sandy Hook happened three years ago, it's not like I had any connection to that. And I'm sure you probably didn't either. But everybody felt that pain, you know, when those kids were killed. So for me, this has been... Um, you know, I work. Um, I'm not just doing the podcast with Adnan. And Adnan's case, that's like my personal life. My work for the last five years has been working on issues of terrorism, radicalization, violent extremism. My research right now is about how religion is used by people to commit acts of violence against others. In Pakistan, it's Muslim. In Sri Lanka, it's Buddhist extremists. And people don't realize that you know there are really horrible, violent Buddhists who kill other people. Um and so I think about these issues a lot. Um, and, and you know, I, I want to discuss whatever it is you want to talk about. Yeah, well, for me, I think the thing is, you kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, us, we gay people have been struggling for a long time, right? Like we, right. I mean, it's, it's really just now kind of being accepted by a more majority of people. And, you know, we have that struggle. But one of the things... We have the struggle, and we have a major support system here in the U.S., and, you know, there's plenty of gay rights activists that's out there on the streets every day working to make us feel good. But the reason why I did reach out to you is because I, I'm i just going to be blatant. You know, I hear Donald Trump, you know, say these, like, horrible things about Muslim people, and I'm like, I remember the first time Scott and I walked into your house, how you guys accepted us like we were... Like, we were family, really. I mean, we took off our shoes, we ate with <laughs> our hands, you cooked uh, for us. And, yeah. the, and, and, and the men in the house, see, one of the things about being gay is when you go into another house or another person's home, females are more accepting of gay, but the men that were in your house, like your brother, your husband, just the men that were there, like, would give us hugs and want to know about us. And, and I didn't even feel like a gay person in a Muslim household, right? Like, I just felt like right. I was a part of your family immediately and I want people to what I, what I want people to know is like what are things that you think people need to know about the Muslim community and their religious beliefs okay well you know first of all that was um, I mean the first time we met I was just so over the moon we all were over the moon and you did feel immediately like family and you, honestly you still feel like you're like a, you're like the brother one of the brothers I didn't have yes exactly <laughs> so I love you I love Scott you guys are and you're you're just honestly you guys left and I said to my husband I'm like that is one of the one of the like the best models of marriage like I mean, you guys are a wonderful married couple you're so loving and supportive of one another and there's just so much affection and it was really um, 
it's you know our home is always open to you and our family is always open to you. Thank you. You know, I think you know some. There's so many. The thing about this particular incident is, um, and all of these issues is a lot to unpack. But this one specifically, there's so much more to unpack because it's not just about uh, like ISIS. It's not about a guy being really religious. It's not just about gun control, um, and it's also not just about homophobia. This guy, you know, all indicators show that he probably himself was was homosexual. He probably was a closeted gay man who grew up in a very repressive home and grew up and you know look it's not just the Muslim community a lot of religious and other kinds of communities over the years have had issues about accepting especially in their own families children who um, are gay you know you have people who want to pray away the gay they want to beat away the gay Mm -hmm. and so I have a feeling that this guy um, not only experienced that in his home but he also had some like he had some issues I mean he beat his wife you know and again maybe he was maybe he was a victim himself of domestic violence like maybe he's family you know I, we have no idea what the full story is but i think one thing i want people to understand is especially when we're talking about the issue of terrorism and violent extremism extremism is this which we keep like nobody really it doesn't click for them that isis al-qaeda al-shabaab all these organizations they are primarily killing muslims mm. Like they are like mo in Pakistan, you know the country that I was born in. Since nine eleven, fifty thousand civilians. Think about this: fifty thousand civilians have died at the hands of terrorists since nine eleven. Okay, <sighs> so when we talk about terrorism, and so it's really hard as a Muslim when people start saying putting us on the side of terrorists when most people dying at the hands of terrorists are, are Muslim and most of the fighting forces, like the Pakistani army, the Afghani army, the Iraqi army, the Syrian, they're Muslim. The people who are fighting the terrorists are mostly Muslim. And it's like, so we have to reframe. And I tweeted this the day that, you know, Pulse happened. We have to reframe who is the us and who is the them. Mm. The us are all the victims of terrorists. And it is all of us and the people who are fighting terrorists. And the them is them. And that's what people need to know. That no, and, and so, and Muslims in the West get a double whammy. Because not only do we know that, oh, by the way, you know, people where I'm from, where my family's from, they're getting killed by terrorists. They're scared to go out. But here in the West, I'm also getting blamed for that on top of it. Uh. Um, and it's it's really tough to to figure out what to do. And you know, you're going to see this every time, Sean. There's a terrorist attack. Everybody, at least Muslims, are like holding their breath. Please let it be like a crazy white guy. Please don't let it be like a Muslim. Yeah. But the minute, but as soon as it's a Muslim, what happens is every Muslim organization is having because we don't know what to do. We're having press conferences and press releases, not apologizing, but saying that we feel like crap. We feel like crap, and. Um, and it's where like it's a double-edged sword it's like we say it has nothing to do with us we're not responsible but then but then we have to respond yeah it's so you know what you said and I think I'm kind of specious in a sense is so loaded and the thing that I struggle with with this entire situation is you know I understand that people not everyone's going to like you and not everyone's going to agree but what I don't understand is why people flock to negativity right away where people aren't understanding that you just because of what you wear and the way you look immediately becomes a part like they immediately label you as a killer right so as a part of that community and you know it was interesting because I was talking to a friend and I said when Timothy McVeigh bombed the Oklahoma City, when he did the Oklahoma City bombings and 168 people died, it was like, oh, 
that was just one person. Like, he was labeled as an individual crazy person. Right, Dylan Roof. I mean, Dylan Roof a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but when, you know, if a gay person were to do something, they're like, see, all gays are like that. Or because of this situation, it's like all, you know, this group is like that. And for me, you know, I just want people to understand that individual people are responsible for their actions. Whether... They're in Pakistan, whether they're in, whether they're in London or Paris, like this person, the majority of them, all of them are, you know, of age where they saw they they go after these things because they that's what they want to do. And it doesn't represent the entire community. Um, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know, one of the um, one of the interesting things about this and and I and I'm watching especially GOP lawmakers like struggle over this because they don't know how to square the circle, which is where they say he's ISIS inspired. I can tell you this. If ISIS was recruiting like gay Muslim, like they, he, they would he would be one of the first ones they killed. Right. I can promise you. I can promise you that he was not like an ISIS recruit. That like he was not living a lifestyle that like you know you can't have. See, this is the thing: you can't have it both ways. You can't say that he's like this crazy Muslim fundamentalist because if you were a fundamentalist, guess what? You're not going to bars. You're not drinking. You're not. You're going to be basically. You're just going to be like a really religious person. This guy was not a religious person. But I'm going to say this too. I'm not absolving my community as Muslims, like any other community, whether it's Christians, whether it's Jewish, of, of, of not being homophobic, of not being anti-Semitic. Every one of our communities has racism in it, has homophobia in it, has anti-Semitism in it. We all have bigotries in it, and our job um, is to point it out, call it out, and show how it impacts people. I really think that this guy... Um, I'm not saying that he was motivated. He was not motivated by ISIS. I mean, that, that he has no ISIS would kill him first, right? He is not mm. ISIS material. Let's just put it like that. What I'm trying to say is, though, um, I absolutely accept the 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 argument that he probably grew up in a home where he heard things about other people that were not good things, and that made him like internalize like the self hate, you know, for who he was. Um, but and that is a problem in in a lot of religious communities i think um what's interesting though is from a muslim perspective like you know growing up there's certain issues that were interesting for like when i grew up as a as a muslim i noticed a lot especially um like the right um the christian right was obsessed about issues that we just kind of didn't really care about and those two of those issues were um, abortion and and homosexuality mm. like I, we heard i heard a lot growing up in the 80s and 90s you know from right wing christian groups on these issues and muslims kind of didn't pay attention to it because uh historically like abortion is actually allowed up to a certain point in Islam and even um, there's not a single a single story of at the time of the prophet and like that's a big deal for us like the stories that we have that are connected to him and his life like that's like part of the base of the religion there is not a single incident in which he hurt like a homosexual in his mm. life or, or ordered that a homosexual be hurt 
Like not a single one. And if you go to Pakistan and you go to a lot of subcon- these um, communities, or, I'm sorry, like Muslim majority countries, you're going to find a community of people who um, are very much part of the community and they are either, I'm not saying they're treated great, they're discriminated against, but they're allowed to live and live safely. Um, uh, but there's like entire communities of transgender and transvestite and cross-dressing people and they they have existed in these cultures for a long time, whereas I don't think they've existed in the West, so people have been much more comfortable with them. Um, so there's so, so many, like, there's so many and ifs or buts, like, it's not clear cut. Um, and with this guy, I mean, I think what's really important to note is that the response from the LGBT, the response from the Muslim community to Orlando has been this not in our name. Like, we stand in solidarity um, with, with victims, with families, with anybody else who's hurting from this. And what's amazing is that the response from the LGBT community, I mean, leaders and organizations has been, you are not going to demonize Muslims in our name you're just not going to get away with it yeah and you know that's precisely the reason why i reached out to you and why i wanted to record this podcast and have you on it because i am you know for me there's still anger inside of me like there's a lot of anger and scott and i were actually home um on monday and tuesday and i couldn't post on social media like outside of things that you know i'm required to post for certain things i couldn't like i couldn't post on instagram i couldn't go on snapchat and act happy because i was very very sad and right i was the thing like i was sad for the people i was sad for um the people who got hurt i mean i honestly full disclosure i was sad for the guy who did the the killing because i was like he was clearly struggling and a lot of my sadness though really came for the muslim community because i was just like they while gays don't deserve it either i was like muslims don't it's just not fair i was just so i I don't even still don't even have the words for it because I was just like, what can I do? And I'm not, you know, I'm a, people know me as a fitness guy. So I'm, I don't really get involved in politics, you know, in a sense, in worldly things right. because they look for me for their workout. But I was like, excuse me. I was like, F- this. I was like, I need to take a stand and I need somehow to make it be known that this is unfair and I'm sick of it. And somebody has to say something. And so that's why I reached out to you. And I was like, this is the perfect person I want to talk to about it because I feel like it's a free space for me. And um, I'm going to learn something and my listeners are going to learn something. So I just I, like, well, again, that's, yeah, that's amazing of you. And that's, that's what I'm saying. I was like shocked. I was like, I, I was, I was in such, I mean, it was just such a, like I said, I can't, I can't stop feeling sick over this, you know? And I was in such shock. Uh, but then when I got your message, I was like, I can't believe that he is thinking outside himself because I'll be honest. I mean, our, the, the way, yeah, we all felt horrible for the victims, but we immediately, because you immediately start getting attacked yes. and you get into defensive position, you're like, you don't know where to go. Um, and you know, the interesting thing is like, I, what I realize is, you know, I do a lot of work with, um, with uh, interfaith and Jewish leaders and, and Muslims have this like perception that, you know what, like Jews figured it out. Jews in America figured it out. And we think, you know, gays in America figured it out. And the truth is, that there's a lot of hatred towards all of us as marginalized people in different ways. Um, and what's really troubling is, you know, you mentioned that you talk about Donald Trump, that Trump is, un- I'm not so worried about Trump himself. I'm worried about like what he's allowing people to say and get away with and what he's kind of unleashing. Um, and 
I feel like, you know, all of us as marginalized communities um, have to stand in solidarity with each other. We just, we don't have a lot of choices. Um, but on this situation, it's just, it's so hard. It's like, I want to say to, I want to say to the community in Orlando, I want to say to the victims' families, I want to say, what do you need from us? What do you need from the Muslim community? Because we completely condemn and distance ourselves from this. Like, this is not, this is not from our religion. I mean, can you imagine? Muhammad Ali died like a week before. Is this something a man like Muhammad Ali, who was like deeply religious, would do? Right, that's, that was going to be one of my questions to you. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali just passed away and he reinforced nonviolent teaching. You know, like this was, and I was like, what are, I, want, I want people to hear some insight on the nonviolent beliefs because this, you know, this, I, like, I just have, sometimes I just struggle to find the words, but this, the death of Muhammad Ali and then this happening and someone who is such a, um, just like a, a powerful figure of, you know, positivity and then the next week, that same yeah. group can become like, oh, they're the worst. And for people to completely look over that is mind-boggling to me. But what are what are what are the nonviolent beliefs in the Muslim community and Muslim faith? I mean, you know, we, it's interesting. You know, we people have always said, like, for especially in the West, you know, Islam is a religion of peace. I mean, Islam means peace. And so if I look at, for example, my family, my father's side, my mother's side, my husband, his family, I don't know anybody like for generations who's ever been like a violent human being on any sides of my family. I don't know people in my community who are violent, maybe in their homes, there might be domestic violence. But I mean, like on on this kind of issue, we we're like any community, we have our social ills, we have drug abuse, we have domestic violence, we have everything that everybody else suffers from. Uh, But this kind of violence against other people, this is something I feel like is it has just been like kind of like unleashed in the last like it is it's, it didn't happen there's a reason that 50 years ago you're not seeing this kind of terrorism it's not like this has been part and parcel of 1500 years of islamic history right. um you know uh the book that um i wrote about adnan's case because i wanted people to also get an idea of how muslims think and our framework what i did was before every single chapter uh, at the beginning of every chapter, I, I referenced like something from either scripture or something that the Prophet Muhammad said, something like that, to give a framework. And one of the one of the things I referenced was um, a very specific th- thing that the Prophet said, and he said um, that you know when, when a judge is trying to make a decision on something, that to hold, that to give all benefit to the defendant and to lean towards leniency and not punishment and that's like the spirit of our religion mm. there's another there's another saying of his that is so common he says that anything that you bring gentility to like basically gentility beautifies things so be gentle be gentle be gentle uh, yes. like I mean so these are like and um, you know Muhammad Ali wrote a book called um, I think it's called The Soul of the Butterfly and he wrote it a long time ago and it was about his spiritual journey in Islam the, the thing is that like any other religion like there are going to be people who are really un- ugly angry Christians that you know they do not exemplify what Jesus was about right, you know that right I do 100% <laughs> it's like I know that Jesus is not on board with what you're saying right now um, and the same thing is true for Muslims too so people get confused because they say well it's a religion it's not it's Raza Aslan um, actually you know you should I'm going to recommend to your um, listeners if they really want to like understand something this issue Raza Aslan R-E-Z-A uh, is his first name A-S-L-A-N he's amazing he's he's a, he's on like MSN 
MSNBC and CNN all the time. He's written all these books. And he put it perfectly. He said, people bring to religion or to anything who they are. Hmm. If you are if you are an angry person, you're a hateful person. You're, that's what your religion is going to look like. If you are a good person, your religion is going to look like charity and service. Like it's not about these are just vehicles for you to be a certain kind of human being. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like we can. There's so many, so many different examples. Like I said, like you can't. There's not a single example of his, in his entire life uh, with the Prophet Muhammad uh, hitting a woman, of hurting a homosexual. Of I mean, like it just. Those examples don't exist, but... And the other thing we have to understand is, like, what's happening in the Middle East? You know, this is... It's not just... It's not religious. Religion is just... They happen to be Muslim, but these are civil wars. This is war. You yeah. know, it's like World War II. It's like World War One and World War Two. If we wanted to take World War One and World War Two and turn them into Christian wars, everybody would be like, well, that's weird. But that's what we're doing with this region. These are civil wars, regional wars that they're having, um, and we're turning them into Muslim wars. Wow. That's, I think that's one of the greatest analogies you can bring to people because it really separates. It re- not doesn't separate. It actually brings everyone together in a sense because I grew up in a Christian household. My grandfather was a pastor of a church. I mean, I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday morning service, Sunday afternoon service. Yeah, good, good church boy. Yeah, I was in choir <laughs> rehearsal and prayer meeting. I mean, I went through the whole gamut. And you were so right in that it doesn't matter the religion. Like, people... Put, put into religion the kind of person that they are, you know? Yeah. And I love what you said about gentility brings, um, beautifies everything. And that is, um, that to me is so powerful. And that's what I try to, to speak about to people when I speak. And every day, and even on this podcast, it's just that, you know, I grew up living like the golden rule. I literally, I was six years old. I remember sitting in first grade and I looked up at the, the, the chalkboard and I was like, I saw the little monkey that, or the little scroll that had the golden rule and it was like, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And even though I went through church and, you know, prayer meeting and accepting Jesus Christ as my per- personal savior as a kid, like that to me is one of the things that stuck with me to even now and this is what I believe in and this is why I believe in people it's like do unto others as you would have them do unto you and you know granted you're hoping that someone wants people to be nice to them but um, I just wish the world could live like that and think like that and understand that the majority of people are on this planet to build the planet to uplift the planet you know some people are like you know mediocre they're just kind of going through life and then there's people who want to make a difference and then, you know, obviously there are some people who are evil, but the majority yeah. of people are people who want to make this world good. And so when you see a gay person, when you see a Muslim person, when you see just anyone that could be different than you, even if like even religious wise, if they're different than you, it doesn't mean they're horrible. If they're different than you, believe it or not, I feel like you're all good people whether no matter the religion if you're if you're actually following the book or the voice of be it the prophet or Jesus you're working toward a common goal which is to be really good to people to up, uplift people and to bring great spirituality and if it's a religion about afterlife it's just so that you know your spirit can carry on in, a, in its greatest form Shanti's Trust and Believe will be right back do you want to send texts and motivate your friends? Well, guess what? I have it. It's time. Shanti's Fitmoji. It's Fitmoji by Shanti in the App Store and Google Play. You can send 
emojis, Shanti emojis. You can send food emojis. You can send fun video emojis. You can send audio file emojis that get to motivate you, your friends, and your family. And you get to send some fun gifts. Communicate with the Shanti Fitmoji, and you will always dig deeper. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. My question to you, and just because I, I look up to you and respect you so much, is like, what are your thoughts on how to, to best deal with this as individuals? I mean, we are only individual voices. Like, what, what, is, what would be your plan of attack to make this, to get people to understand that, you know, we can all work together toward a common goal of peace? You know, I think the most important thing that we have to work towards is to call out hate for what it is and not let it stand, especially like in media and people get signals, right? So when people like Donald Trump or people like some folks who are on Fox News, like people are hateful towards others, the code switch, you know, uh, we can't let that, we can't let people get away with that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like we have to be able to call, like I know we have freedom of speech. We have the first amendment, but we also recognize hate speech when it's hate speech. So we should be able to say, you have the right to say that, but that just means you're a bigot and a hateful person. And we have to build a culture around shared values, right? So, you know, you talked about the golden rule. Every single religion, I mean, I've seen posters of it, but the, every single religion has its version of the golden rule. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a tradition of, uh, when I say a tradition, it's something the prophet said, but it also actually exists in Judaism, too, where, like, um, it's beautiful because it's like everything is about this, where this guy's, uh, this guy's um, or the prophet says that, you know, God's going to say to people that, you know, what um, I was sick and you didn't visit me I was hungry and you didn't feed me and people are going to be like what are you talking about like how is God sick and hungry and God's going to say well it wasn't me it was the people around you were sick and hungry and when you visited them and you fed them and you took care of them that's how you were loving me mm. and it's the treating people like there is it's non-negotiable that you have to treat people with dignity it's simple as that regardless of their race their religion their gender their sexuality like there's that is a non-negotiable it's non-negotiable and I really believe it I believe it's non-negotiable and you know I've studied in Israel I've studied I have really close Hindu friends and what I've seen is um, in every single community there are people who are going to take the same text and make it as ugly and hateful as they want and other people who use that same text and make it 
and use it to like serve others and be good people and and that's most people and I'll and so we we just have to be able to say and so for, for the LGBTQ community to say we're not allowing you to hate on Muslims you know at our expense like that's amazing for us and we have to reciprocate it because I'll tell you this since 9-11 you know Muslims have been under a lot of, you know, not, you know, a lot of attack, you know, a lot of rhetoric against us. But over and over and over again, uh, the LGBT community has been with us in solidarity. I swear it. It's been amazing. Um, wow. And and we actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to say we have to be better. We have to be better at it. Um, our community has to be better at it, recognize it. I'm really proud, though, right now, because every major Muslim organization stood up against it, said that we are in solidarity, you know, raised, I think we've raised, like, there was, like, a, um, on Launch Good, which is, like, a Muslim fundraising, like, we raised, like, $50,000 for the victims. Wow. Um, I feel like it's, it's a turning point. So we have to look at this horrible tragedy as an opportunity to have the conversations we just didn't have before. And with that, I want to thank you because, you know, I could talk about this subject all day long. I could also listen to you talk all day long because I think <laughs> you I love hearing your voice, even from the time I first started listening to Undisclosed. I have to be honest. Oh, you're awesome, Sean. When I first started listening to you to Undisclosed, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, this case is really great. And I would listen to you talk and I was like, wow, like I really need to hear what this person is saying because it was something so much deeper than just words that you can tell, like you lead with passion and just how you did today on my podcast. So I thank you for being here. I'm I'm definitely going to reach out to you for a follow up, even if it's just like a 10 minute follow up, because I know sure. my listeners are going to have some comments and maybe some questions. And so um, and hopefully we'll yeah, we'll get to be um, to speak together on this issue. And, you know, I I, I want you to know that um, first of all I want to know when I want, when I want to see you again because it's been too long <laughs> exactly, <laughs> <It's>, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I also uh, I really really look up to you you are a you and Scott you are just good good people Thank thanks you so much so for much. having me on absolutely and um, we appreciate you too can you let people know where to find you on social media yeah, my Twitter handle is Rabia Squared, um, and you can, if you want to like, kind of contact me directly, you can actually go to my site, it's RabiaJawdhury.com, and there's like a contact form there, um, but I am, I am on Twitter a lot, as Sean probably knows, sorry about that, but I'm on there a lot, so and, that's probably the easiest way to contact me. And also, you know, everyone, you need to listen to Undisclosed, and I want Rabia to tell you guys about the new book she has coming out that I pre-ordered, I must say. You I did? Of course I did. Oh, I'm like, oh, I love you, even Sean. though we're friends, look, <laughs> even though we're friends, I do want my autograph copy, but I didn't want to be that guy that asked for something for free. When I can afford it myself and Sean, I want to support the Sean, you were going to get a copy. You know, I ordered a hundred books for my family and friends I'm going to, like, give to you. And I already had your copy. But it's okay. You have two then. I want to. I want to send you the audiobook so you can listen to me for, like, 12 hours. Honestly, like, I love reading, but if you... Did you... You finished the audiobook, correct? I'm almost done. I have, yes. like... I, I recorded for five days. I've got, like, three more days to go. That's so. amazing. So, um, tell people about the book. Well, okay, so the book is, um, you know, what I'm really excited about, it's it's coming out August 9th of this year, and it's gotten two starred reviews from, like, the toughest book reviewers in the industry, Publishers Weekly and Kirkus, so it means a lot, because I've put a lot of heart and soul into it. Um, it's called Adnan Story, and you can go to adnanstory.com and, and pre-order from there, and actually, if you pre-order, you can fill out this form, and we'll send, I'll send you a, a book plate that's, like, got my signature on it for the book, but the, the greatest thing about this book for me is that Adnan himself contributed to it, 
and it's got his letters from 1999 all the way to now. Um, a lot of his voices in it. If you listen to Serial, even if you never listen to Serial, never heard about it, it's a story you should know. It brings together a lot of the issues on, around race, around bigotry, around criminal justice reform, and just how communities and families are destroyed um, when people get things wrong and but there's also a lot of hope because you know in the last few years a lot of people have come together to to give him justice and um, so far people seem to like the book so I hope you guys do um, get a chance to get it I'm sure we'll love it and again thank you so much please give your family our love and we're always going to be praying for peace and happiness and love in this country and, a, and another big prayers go out to the victims and the families of the victims of the horrible Amen. tragedy in Orlando. Thank you, Rabia. Thank you. Lo- lots right. of love to you and lots Scott. Lots of love to you back. Okay, bye-bye. All right. All right, bye, Sean. I want to give a huge shout-out to Todd Midget. You can find him at NC Fit Club on Instagram and Facebook. Another huge shout-out to Alex Colorado. You can find her at Alex0REO on Instagram. They're both great. They help me with the podcast, and they help us always trust and believe in who we are to get the message out that you have to know that you can do it. Check, check, one, two, three, check. For more support, visit me at facebook.com slash Fitness. Same on Instagram and Twitter. Or visit me at shantyfitness.com for more support and more motivation.